Hello. You're about to listen to an edition of At The Flicks, where we interview two young filmmakers, Phil Hain and Tim Wilrich. This episode was recorded earlier in the year for transmission in July, when the guys should have been making their feature-length horror movie, Harmony. Unfortunately, COVID happened. And like so many artistic endeavours, the film could not be made as originally scheduled. Happily, new plans are in place for the production, and we'll give you an update from Phil after the interview. So, without further ado, let's go back in time and hand over to me to introduce Phil and Tim. Hello and welcome to a very special interview from your At The Flicks team. Today we are joined in Stroud by award-winning filmmakers Phil Hain and Tim Woolrich. These very talented people have made a number of award-winning short films and are now branching out into feature production. Hi guys, welcome to the show. How are you thank doing? You. Hi there. Thank Good you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. So Phil, some of you, you're a local lad, don't you? Aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah, I grew up in Stroud, and uh, it's quite funny to be in this location exactly where we are because I went to the tech college as it was before they rebuilt it, which obviously people don't know listening, but it's literally about hundred yards from here. Yeah. And that's where I was studying. I was doing media studies a course there because I thought I wanted to be a journalist. And then it was during that we did like video production and I really discovered I enjoyed it and had a bit of a knack for it. And that's kind of where I really started falling in love with filmmaking. So that was literally where it happened, the first moment where I wanted to be a filmmaker. And, and yeah, so it's close to uh, ground zero, <laughs> <laughs> as it were. Yeah. And then Derby after that, was it? Yeah, that's right. It's not exactly a, a famous uh, art college, but you know, they were the only ones who'd have me. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I didn't get into Bournemouth, unfortunately. So, yeah, it was Derby, really, after that. But uh, Derby was great. Um, I met some good people. I just I had space to kind of develop my ideas and develop my work, really. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Good. What about you, Tim? You, you Banbury? Uh, Banbury-based now for the last kind of eight years or so, but South Coast originally. Okay. So, yeah, and then... Uh, I watched Gladiator. That was the film. I was like, oh, oh that is quite good fun. So I uh, decided from then on that was uh, that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> Fight tigers. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> CGI tigers. Oh yeah, CGI. Yeah, and CGI Oliver Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For a moment, they, they spent quite a few few uh, million pounds on uh, recreating him, didn't they? Indeed, I think. Yeah. It was just that was just the alcohol budget. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, did, I didn't get into Bournemouth either. I, I did. Uh, I went to Southampton, Solent for uh, for that, and then um, yeah, been kind of uh, applying trade ever since in various kind of uh, industries. <laughs> so, how did you guys meet? We met through Mark, who's the writer of this one. Um, mm. and so we like, we both worked with Mark a, a few times now, yeah. uh, and then we met at Cannes for the film festival it's, it's a few years ago. Seventeen, wasn't it? Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, we saw him out there. We were having some drinks. We were hanging out with a chap called Brian Usner and John Penny, a filmmaker. Brian Usner, he produced films like Honey I Shrunk the Kids, oh, okay, uh, yeah. Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, From Beyond, director some of these, uh, Society, some of these amazing horror yes. films. So like, yeah. Mark knows a close friend of his, and so we I, kind of, I get to hang out with this guy. He's like a childhood hero of mine. But we all sat around having drinks at table, and yeah, Tim came up, and we were out there with Stained, I think, this year. So we chatted about because Mark and I have a, a feature version of Stain, a short film we made a few years ago. And um, yeah, um, we talked about that and I sent you some stuff and you went, it's bizarre. 
Right. <laughs> well, it would go away. I, I guess, get, the, get the hell away from me. I, I can imagine the opening weirdo. line. You, you think society's out there? Look at this. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, um, so, yeah. Um, but then I think Tim was like, it was, it was nice. But, you know, again, it's sort of, we were looking at a first feature film. And he was like, well, it probably a second, probably even a third feature film, to be honest. It's not a first one. So we went our separate ways for a bit and then Mark and I working together and then Mark wrote and directed Guardians which is our, our first yeah. feature film and that Tim sort of came in, into the conversation again because well, how, how take it from there you you were in a situation where you had one that was cooking yeah then... so I've, I've got kind of two or three features that I'm working on the scripts for the moment getting them right and and being very impatient I wanted something that was kind of ready to go and then Mark suggested this one Harmony so um, then we had, we had a chat, um, I think, kind of probably a couple of weeks after that, and then a uh, bit between our teeth ever since then. Yeah. So, so, and that was, that was in the summer, that was yeah, last so, year. So yeah, it was the, six, seven months ago. Yeah. yeah, rusting along since then. So you cover all bases, don't you? I mean, you, you obviously you write stuff and direct stuff, and now you're producing this one as well, Tim. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a good, good little uh, nice team to have, obviously, because that's, that's the trouble, obviously, if you, you know, you've got, you've got to have people that have different strengths and do the different hats rather than, you know, all, all wanting to be the same thing because you can't really work together so much like that. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, uh, so I don't know if it's, if it's if it's happened by dumb luck or it's just kind of the, the right people have all gelled together at the at the right time. <laughs> is that where Brainhound comes into it? Is that sort of like the gel that brings it? This is the production company. Yeah, well, that's our production company. Yeah. T- t- uh, Tim, this is sort of, a, the, this film itself is going to be a joint production between Brainhound and Limbo Pictures as Tim's right. Company, so it's it's sort of uh, both of us bringing our stuff into it. I mean, but Brainhound and Mark and I have been working together for oh, a long time now. I think sort of the, it's been ten years since we kind of made our first proper short film, but a couple of years before that, doing theatre stuff, which is how how we met originally, uh, doing stuff at the the old Red Lion up in Angel, up in London, and then I got asked to direct a showcase at Soho Theatre. Mark had written script for that and like we got paired up and we were just like yeah great and we've just been talking about movies ever since really mark and i've been together making stuff for a long time do you find it easy to jump between theater and cinema oh well i to be honest, i only really did theater as as a sort of way into things i love theater it's great but to be honest i got asked to do it and i was like well, i very much a fledgling film director but i'd, I'd made sort of a good few short films up to then I was like ah it's directing how different can it be <laughs> it can be very 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 fucking different <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, um, it was really strange I annoyed quite a lot of people because I really didn't know what I was doing in terms of just I don't know because very much an actor's and a writer's me a director at theatre kind of needs to be in my view anyway uh, kind of like a almost like a newsreader if they do their job well you don't even notice and if they do their job badly everybody loses their mind I got better at it and I've stuck with film since I'd like to go back and do some theatre knowing a lot more about working with actors now but and just being a bit older and a little bit wiser you, you worked in theatre Tim or not you no n- not movies? at all I, I tell a lie I did I I did the uh, the lighting for of my school play uh, <laughs> okay. when, I, when I was in year four. But other than that, excellent, oh, excellent. So the reason we're all here today, and obviously chatting around various things, but we're going to be talking shortly about a new project you guys are working on called Harmony, mm-hmm. and it's going to be filmed locally in Stroud. Now, before we get onto that. I'd like just to cover some of your back catalogues. I think there's some fascinating stories, <laughs> and certainly some fascinating films there. Now. I watched the zombie comedy I Am Lonely. Mm-hmm. What was your inspiration behind that one, Val? 
I didn't write it. Actually, a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Brown uh, wrote it, who is Mark's brother. He's also a writer and a journalist. Yeah. Um, and you'd have to talk to me about the exact inspiration, but it was kind of the idea sort of, of that the last man alive after a zombie apocalypse is really a bit of an idiot um, <laughs> who doesn't have any self-awareness and just kind of blunders around the place. So it's just sort of a bit incompetent, just a bit sort of self-involved. Uh, and that was just kind of it, really. And it was sort of the title was sort of a riff on I Am Legend, the the, the Will yeah. Smith, kind of, yeah. so this amazing guy who's sort of, you know, does stuff, and he's just kind of the opposite of that. It was easy to do. I had a sort of a selection of scripts from, we used to do a thing called, well, Mark and Fred, Fred Fournier, our sort of editor, used to do a thing called a Tin Can Podcast with a big group of writers and actors. So it allowed them to just get around microphones much like this uh, and record a story. And then Fred would take it, edit it and put the sound effects in. And it kind of allowed to sort of test out scripts. So we had, they would do one every week for several months sort of things. So we had a load of these lovely little stories. And so I kind of had the pick of them. And I Am Lonely was, was great. It was there one location, one actor, really, well, two actors, very important, uh, two actors, and... Uh, and, um, and the two zombies on the stairs. And the two zombies on the stairs, of course, one of whom is actually really... The Heather Taylor, she's she'd gone off to the States, she's a filmmaker herself, has done okay. some pretty amazing stuff. So that was basically the idea, was it was we didn't, you know, we had a little bit of money, and we just, we wanted to keep shooting, and so we, we got a few people together, and we just went, all right, it's it was kind of... It was two short days or one really long day, so we just went. Yeah, let's just just do do it in one day. So I think it was like we were seventeen hours for the whole thing from start to finish. So you know, but it was it was a long it was a long day, and that was it really. It was we spent probably less than five hundred quid doing it. You know, no, because it was all sort of dark and it only be candlelights. We just needed a few a few sort of dados, one one hundred one fifty watt lights, a little bit of bounce in there. We didn't need any big lights. We didn't need any. We didn't need a load of kit. We didn't need any anything going on like that so it was a really lo-fi story which we could legitimately do like that without spending a lot of money which was the that was the thing for it and then yeah we made it and then it kind of exploded which was nice it's nice when your films do that <laughs> they do every now and again yeah Definitely. and that makeup by um now forgive me if i get the name wrong uh natalia oslav Chabotska, yeah. yeah. Natalia's makeup was, yeah, it was fabulous. It was kind of strange. I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to have some great story about how we'd worked together before and new iteration, but she kind of, she had answered an advert on, I think, on shooting people, and we didn't even have a chance to meet before. It was all a bit last minute, so I sent her some of the ideas and designs. I said, this is what we're doing. We had a chat on the phone. We exchanged a few emails. We didn't even meet before the shoot, and she just turned up and was absolute magic, mm-hmm. and then... That was it. She was off again. Obviously, we kept in touch with her on Facebook and that. And then we were doing another project after. We said, do you want to come along again? And she couldn't make it. And we kind of didn't see each other again after that, which was a shame. She's, um, yeah, magnificent makeup artist. But, uh, yeah, yeah I don't have a better story than that, unfortunately. She <laughs> yeah, arrived no, 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 and then no, no, disappeared I, again, well, and that was it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, happens sometimes. Yeah, and, and I looked at her IMDb credits, and she hasn't done anything for years. I know. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I think she, she, she's taken another uh, taken another route. Maybe we uh, we put her off. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> or she reached the pinnacle and know that nothing else beyond that could work, you know? Well, I think while you're that's, ahead. That's <laughs> my way of looking at it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> the subject of makeup you do put that actor chris spyroids through a lot of i know spirits um mr spirit oh, he's just such a shame he's such a trooper i kind of realized that he's only ever been dead <laughs> both in stained and and um and i am lonely because he was in stained he's kind of this well 
he's a very different kind of dad, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. a bit, bit more active. But yeah, he does go through it. I mean, bless him. Uh, those contact, they're so uncomfortable. They really are. But he's such a trooper. He was. He was brilliant. It was kind of weird because that film went on to do so well. And I've, even though it's kind of weird because most of the film, he's just sort of lying on the ground making occasional noises. So we, you know, we, we sort of spoke to some people who were immediately around and, and they were like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And, like, All right. and then Chris, he's a fantastic actor. He went, he looked at it and he went, I can do it. Like, like I think an actor, you look at it and you go, I can really mm. make something. I can do something with it. And then the film went on to do really well and get sort of a lot of recognition so you know it was really good I think it goes to show that there are no small parts so it's, no, exactly. but it's, a, it's a big part in yeah. the film but still it's, it wasn't very attractive I think some people and, and it was just like oh, pff, there you go you know it's uh so there we go, Tim. If you're making a film without makeup, I reckon you can get him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, I can't wait to. I, I can't wait to put Chris in a in a situation where he's you know not dead and covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and and more on the covered in shit coming up very shortly. So 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 one thing I, I I'm not 100 percent sure. And if you could clarify this to me, that'd be great. What's the relationship between I Am Lonely and Zombie World? Uh, well, Zombie World is a compilation feature. You, you see these around. They do them, I think, with sort of with horror films particularly. But basically, you you get contacted. Somebody sees your film, they like it, and they're like, "Well, we want to. We want your films part of a yeah a compilation." So, Zombie World is exactly that. I think they did a sequel not so long ago, a year or two back. But yeah, um, as I said, I am lonely. We got really lucky. We um, we've been going to Cannes for quite a few years because we, we know someone who kind of has well, Mark's uh, someone Mark's family actually has a house well had a, had a little place in Nice where we used to stay and now they're actually on Antibes which is even closer it's convenient to put it mildly um, but you know Cannes can is great so Mark's been going for a long time I think I went first time in 2010 and they have something called the Short Film Corner there. Now, it's evolved over the years. It, I think we, we were very lucky. We caught it at its, at its absolute zenith. So basically, you put your film into the Short Film Corner, and that gives you accreditation, which means you can go in, into the festival. You had to pay, was it, was it maybe it was 80 or 90 euros, something like that. So we'd done that the year before, and it was a good way of getting in and meeting other short filmmakers. And it was, you know, it's, it was, it was, and we went there and had a good time as well, because it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, still is. Um, but... So, yeah, we went there and we just got a random email from them saying, oh, your film's been selected as one of ten films to go into this sort of Canadian National Film Board competition. And we were like, what? You know, it was this thing that cost very little money and, you know, we didn't really think very much about it. They must have taken pity on us. But it turned out this film, it wasn't, they weren't necessarily judging it on quality. It was about how many likes you could get on Facebook. So it kind of, it wasn't a filmmaking competition as such. It was much more about a promotions competition. So... Yeah, we went into gear on that and we got as many people to shout out about it. I mean, we shot the film up in near Highgate where Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright shot Shaun of the Dead. So we sort of got in touch with some of his guys and, and, and sort of Simon Pegg and, and the, the other guys sort of all like tweeted out about it. We got it out on The Guardian and we ended up winning this competition, which was great. So, yeah, we got we got some money and some kit and it, the film got out there and all of a sudden everyone wanted a piece of it. The production company did Zombie World, got in touch with us and uh, said they wanted it. And we were like, yeah, sure, no worries, because it's always good to get your stuff out there. And that's yeah. how it sort of became part of the compilation. I think it's out on, it's available on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, okay. to watch. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll check that and out. And also, a little fact, there was an act that, because it's sort of, it's, uh, it's about the zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's this, there's a guy who plays a newsreader. And he kind of strings together all of the uh, all of the various sort of segments, 
and it's played by an actor called Bob Aburst Jr., who has done so much stuff, it's untrue. But it's very weird. I saw this guy was in it, but he was in a film called Coyote, which I saw at Horror on Sea Festival. So it's, it's an empty set, and it's a very weird kind of vaguely sort of taxi driver slash pie, as in the Darren Aronofsky film, kind of descent into madness and how... Yeah. I just thought he was fantastic in it. And then the next year I see the zombie world thing and this the same actor doing it. And I was like, oh, it's this, this amazing, obscure film, a brilliant actor yeah. and... Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, a film called Coyote, two thousand fourteen. Check it out if you can. It's, All right. it's well, mental. Check that out. It's brilliant. Yeah. So Tim, with Limbo Pictures, what uh, are the more, most recent productions you've been involved with and putting out there? So Limbo, I, I made um, basically um, so I could do projects that I wanted to do myself rather than obviously be part of yeah. other people's all the time. And started off, I think the first one I did, I did two in two thousand seventeen, uh, two short films one of which was Pardon the Intrusion, which I came on board as a producer and then obviously brought it brought it through my company and, and the writer and directors. And then we actually got, that did really well in festivals kind of uh, in the States and won, I think, four or five awards. So we basically got, we got shortlisted from the Oscars for that. Not a nominated, but shortlisted, shortlisted still in 100-odd films. So that was really cool. And then kind of to, to kind of understand how that works. So that was a pretty good... Uh, good grounding uh, first off for that. And I think I've done, I think probably two or three more um, short films since then with various degrees of success, you know, that not, not any uh, big awards, but obviously it's, they've got, gone around the festival circuit and, you know, followed them around and done different, seen different parts of the world because of it, which has been pretty awesome. And just again, to, you know, learn a bit more about how the whole thing works is, has been good. And then, yeah, it's been kind of now decided definitively just to work on features and you know that's where ultimately everyone wants to go and I think a lot of people get kind of too bogged down and just making short after short after short and it it's easier definitely features are definitely bigger and scarier but you know ultimately that's the end goal for everyone really isn't it so yeah that's kind of kind of uh yeah just got a bit between my teeth to do that now it's brilliant because we've caught you at the right time really I mean you guys are now moving as you say from shorts into features and with Brain Hound you know you, you're moving into that and of course one of the first ones was Guardians which Mark directed didn't he? He did he wrote and directed it I mean he kind of he wrote it for well, his friends or our friends uh, people that he's known and worked with for a long time in the parts to shoot in his house yeah. in London and do it in a sort of a sort of 10, 12 day shoot. And he just went, right, this is what then. And he went and did it and did a fantastic job. I mean, Mark's an excellent director in his own right. He's made some award-winning short films himself, you know, and yeah, he, he went, this is it. I'm doing it. And we went, well, okay. <laughs> he was like, it's my house. It's my money. And I'm like, yeah, do it. man." <laughs> so yeah, did a fantastic job. I mean, really just showed what you can do with a tiny yeah. amount of money. Again, I mean, obviously, the amount of money that's spent on it isn't the amount of money that it would have cost to make that film in terms of, you know, hiring that location, the crew, the cast, everyone. But everyone just came in and, and, and slept at the house and did it for, you know, did it for love more money, which made it difficult to get crew in. I mean, Suzanne Smith, who's the director of photography on Guardians, you know, she obviously had to get assistance in and people who were willing, she'd worked with before, who were willing to come in and do a day for her or a day for her there. And it's difficult. 
because it's really difficult to get people in, especially for an extended period of time. For a short film, it's great. You know, you say, come on, do a couple of days, come and help us out. And they're like, well, if they've had a, a good couple of months doing, you know, Love Island or something like that, and they're just like, they want to come and do something with a bit more, you know, a bit Brain more power. creative <laughs> where, they, where they could, well, you know, no, there's stuff, you know, I mean, that, that stuff, you know, that, that's, it's, it's nice seeing stuff like Made in Chelsea and things like that. A friend of mine, uh, Tom, Tom Seal, he's the DP on Made in Chelsea. Right? He, you know, it's not something he shouts about. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, you know, he should be proud of it because it looks good and they give him a lot of kit, they give him a lot of time and they get to set stuff up. And, you know, all right, it's, you know, it's not high-end drama. He, he's more, he likes factual stuff anyway. So that's kind yeah. of his sort of thing anyway. But, yeah, that stuff has to look good. And, and there is there is an art in that as well. But, yeah, with Guardians, it's, yeah, it's difficult. And with features, low-budget features overall, it's tough to get people in. If you're going to be sort of head of department, got something in the game, if you're going to be, you know, coming in as a sort of a student, as a sort of, you know, to get an experience, then you're all right. But the people in the middle who aren't going to be, you know, top of the credits lists, you know, you've got to make sure that they're they're yeah. sorted out because they're coming in and they're working and they're doing a job as anyone else with and they deserve to be compensated Absolutely. appropriately. For so, yeah, it's difficult. But, yeah, Guardians is a fabulous film. Very proud of Mark and what he achieved. Yeah. Well, one of our other contributors is not here today. Mm. Lucy is in Lucy Goes to Hollywood. She's got her own site. And mm. Really, really good. She's seen it. Fabulous. Mark let her have an advanced screening. And I've got some of her quotes here. Mm. More Guy Ritchie than Edgar Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Gritty, weird, and brilliant. So, so yeah. pretty good. Uh, she loved it. She loved it. She thought it was really, yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. Put that on a DVD cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd quote that, yeah. yeah. I mean... Again, I haven't seen it. So, is it more Guy Ritchie than Edgar Wright? Would you say? What do you think, Tim? Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> I say it's Pos- more Bruce Robertson. I say more Bruce Robertson. Yeah, yeah. there's somebody we haven't heard of for a long time. So, where can people go and watch Guardians? Oh, Guardians is all over. The- yeah, it's it's on iTunes and Sky yeah, Sky Store, Amazon Prime. And I think on Virgin Media Store, whatever access, whatever, whatever Virgin's equivalent of, of Sky Stories. But yeah, it's fantastic. I, I recommend you give it a watch. I say it's sort of a it's sort of a dark comedy drama. It's uh, a bit with Nell and I. There, there's some disgusting bit. There's a bit of uh, tenderness. There's some yeah, all sorts. It's it's a fabulous movie. Please go and check it out. And Tim, where can people go to see Skin Deep? That's just on Vimeo now, I believe. The whole thing. Okay, so people can check in there and check yeah. and check it out. I highly recommend that. Now, I want to talk about one last short film before we move on to feature films, particularly talk about Harmony. Mm. Let's talk about Stained. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Award-winning film, mm-hmm. and I'd best sum it up as, yeah, uh, a winner in the WTF Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> it did quite well for it. It got a lot of festivals, actually. I think we got up to around 100, maybe, yeah, just over 100. And, and, it, and I think... About fifteen awards as well, various things yeah. or yeah. Uh, directing, makeup, acting—you name it. Really, it, it did well for us. Stained, yeah. So, for those that have never heard of it or seen some of the images that I've now seen, how how would you best describe it? <laughs> well, um, it's a ten-minute horror comedy short film about a gentleman by the name of Harris, who's our protagonist. Uh, basically, he runs out of toilet paper after he's been and uh and this uh this oversight summons the evil 
demon, Fecal George, who then bullies and harangues him because he's got a dirty body. <laughs> and then he kind of chases him to the corner shop as he goes to get more toilet paper and just bullies and shouts at him while he's trying to buy toilet paper. I think that's, that was the most PG uh, synopsis I've ever heard. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> and, and as we're recording this, in the UK at the moment, there's a huge crisis with toilet rolls. Yeah. There is, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, Not it's, a crisis, it's, just a <laughs> silly people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or people in the predicament of the chap in this film. He had to it, go for wet wipes in the end, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is an astonishing <laughs> piece of work. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty bizarre. Again, that's from Mark's very special mind, and that that was from that was from Tin Cast Tin Can podcast as well. But obviously, we had to adapt it, which was a very interesting process because it was written for the radio. Yeah. So I was given the script, which is basically the radio script, and then Mark and I worked to kind of adapt it. The radio started with him sat in the lounge having a cup of coffee, and then he needs to go to the toilet, and it was like so that was all kind of described there, but like. So all the stuff with him making the cup of coffee, everything at the start, that was something which I put in there and I wanted to sort of bring together and the whole thing with the biscuit. But then the ending, of course, because it was audio, it had to be, you know, a reveal of, of, of a radio announcer talking about a serial killer in, in the local area sort of thing. But I was like, well, obviously we're not having that because it's a film. I want to show it visually. How are we going to do yeah. it? And I was like, well, there's only one way to do it, isn't it? It's got to be a head in the fridge. <laughs> the old head in the fridge classic. <laughs> So, yeah, that was what we did. And then for that, Chris had to have a full cast made of his head, which meant our makeup tech, Virginia Popover. So he had to like literally have his entire head covered with, with, with latex. Oh, right. So Vaseline the whole head up and then holding on there. And like literally, so uh, he had to have these things, had to keep his nose clear, otherwise he would have died. Yeah, he was yeah. suffocating, you know, keep mm-hmm. there. And he had to be in, had this thing completely covering his head, had to be in there for about... Uh, five or six minutes before you can actually crack it and take it off. Yeah, I mean, it's it was, you know, I was, I was there. I've got I've got photographs of the process, and it's yeah, it's it's, it's quite terrifying. I wouldn't want to do it. It made this perfect image of his head, which sat beautifully in in the in the fridge, obviously. And then Chris got to take it home afterwards. So, <laughs> he still got it, then, yeah. He does. He takes it out on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <wept. Yeah. laughs> Very lifelike. From a, you know, you, until you get. Oh no, really it's really close. good. It's yeah, really it's good. a lovely little prop. One last cast member I want to talk about. I thought Fitz Marcus just deadpan. Everything else is manic. Totally deadpan. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Fitz was quite intimidating to her. I mean, she'd worked um, Mark on on a film that Mark had written. And so we kind of knew Fizz through that. And Mark had been up and spent a few days on the shoot. And and. And they got on well. And he suggested... I was quite intimidated by her. She's such a lovely person, but she's she's done some good stuff, you know. I mean, sort of... She's a bit of a... Some good British telly, you know, sort of EastEnders and that, but a few films as well. Leon the Pig Farmer, which is a bit of a... She yeah. was in that. Uh, she, she do, she'd just come back. She was shooting... Uh, the third Kingsman with okay, yeah. Vaughn in, in Turin. She was out there doing that. So she does some big stuff as well. So I was like, wow, this is, you know, she's a fantastic actor. And, but I met, we, we clicked really well. And then we got, and I did rehearsals with her and, uh, and Mike Shepard, who obviously plays Harris in there as well. And they were great. And, and she just got the character off. You know, we talked a bit about it, but she just had it. And I was just one of those lovely moments as a director where you go, we've talked about this. I know you've got it. Just make the choices and go. And in terms of the day, it was just a little bit of light blocking and a little bit of variation. Any thoughts of ever doing a sequel to it? Well, we got a feature. 
Okay. I had a feature version. We we fully plotted it out. We literally got it start to finish. The, the script isn't there, but we did like a 15, 16 page treatment. So it's, it's set in the, right at the end of the 70s. So basically Harris is a young boy and it's kind of in this sort of house, single parent. He's got like a, a sister and sort of grandparents there. And it's all, it was going to be a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas horror comedy. And it was basically the story of how him as a young boy becomes haunted by this demon and this demon becomes part of his life because the the idea i think was stained was that this guy was just a serial killer and the 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 sheer demon is his the manifestation of his guilt the fact that he's doing these committing these atrocities because you know who was a serial killer around that time nielsen yeah yeah uh, exactly yeah we do we know our serial killers yeah. especially, 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 especially i'm talking to experts especially yeah. our, especially our north london serial killers yeah. yeah but yeah so that was kind of the idea for stain but then I, I sort of and then but you know we were talking about it, we're like well, we love this idea that actually he is not like that he's actually you know this 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 child he was kind of under control of this 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 evil force so we kind of wrote this and it's 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 very disgusting and very always people die in various horrible toilet related ways and and then you have the hero turning up is this guy who's this like saint john's ambulance man who's working on christmas day and he sort of comes up and he's newly arrived in the country. And he's the idea is he's sort of come from this country that he's wanted to escape because there's so much superstition and, 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 and mumbo jumbo and all this stuff. And he hates it. So he's decided to come to England where everyone's, you know, very straightforward and doesn't believe in this nonsense and then finds himself embroiled in this battling, this ancient demon, which then kind of the stuff that he learned when he was younger, which he always thought was rubbish. He kind of ends up kind of being useful. So he ends up being this amazing force for good and fighting this demon. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on. And uh, <laughs> as much as I love talking about staying, <laughs> let's move on and talk about uh, what you're going to be doing in Stroud. Harmony. What can you tell us about it, lads? Yes, um, we're at Harmony. This is going to be Brainhounds and Limbo's first feature film together, Brainhounds second. So, yeah, Harmony is it's a psychological horror film, which is about a couple, one of them is who's a, who's a musician. She's suffered an emotional breakdown, but and so she's sort of going through that. But unbeknownst to her, she's being subjected to an experimental therapy by her husband and a therapist who, who he sort of pretends to be their neighbour to the new place where they move to out in the countryside, hence coming back to Strand. They, you know, they're sort of subverting her and sort of lying to her in this sort of desperate attempt to try and make her better because nothing else has worked. But then it turns out that the husband's actually been sort of uh, pushing the therapy a lot further than the therapist knows about and it all goes a bit... uh, dark and creepy there's no comedy in it anyway let's just say i was going to ask you about that very much not a comedy film (laughs) yeah it's quite distressing you you do manage to i mean we talked about you know some of the dark subjects but you get a really good laugh out of them Mm. this is it's gonna be like your descent isn't it really well yeah Yeah. man absolutely i I mean well horror comedy is great i mean again i mean stained we made because it was a horror and comedy film we basically made it because we thought we could get into two uh, we get into two types of festivals for the price of one. Genuinely, it was kind of a, a, business, nice a business decision, really. We thought yeah. we'll get into a load of comedy festivals and a load of horror festivals. Great, we'll double that. Um, but yeah, horror and comedy are brilliant. Uh, they're kind of the same thing. It's a laugh and a, and a scream is a sort of an involuntary reaction. They're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, which is why they fit so perfectly together. Which is kind of weird because horror comedy feature films are actually kind of really tough to get made, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was quite yeah. surprised. I mean, stuff like you know, you take um, you know uh, what we do in the shadows of Taika Waititi, and they they took years getting that off yeah, the ground. Yeah. And these were the guys who made Flight of the Concords, which was massive, and all these other stuff he made as well. And it was such difficult; they had to get it crowdfunded in the end because nobody would give them any money, despite where they were. 
it's kind of weird, but yeah. Yeah, so general audiences are always a bit scared of kind of like meshing two genres together. They like, they like to know what they're getting one way or the other, I think, and it's mm. it's always always a hard sell to kind of when you get two that are blended together to kind of sell it and which which have I need to sell it down to. That's really interesting you say that because Tarantino always goes on about sort of his influences. And one of his main influences is the film Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. I mean, yeah, you've got a lot of comedy in it. You've got some real moments of tension in that film. Mm. And it's it's a lovely balance when you can do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tightrope to walk. When it's done well, you have to really admire it and uh, kind of applaud it because it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tricky. I, th- I think most of the ones you've done well, and I'm sure that um, someone who, who knows more, has more film history than, than me even knows. It's, it's the ones that are they're comedy with elements of horror. I don't think you get sort of many horror films with elements of comedy. And Ginger Snap strikes me as one. It's it's a, it's a proper horror film, but with some nice little sort of snide, that kind of 90s snidey sort of slacker comedy, kind of a slacker, but sort of teenage, yeah. sort of like deadpan comedy to it kind of thing. I think that's probably an example that springs to mind. But even John Carpenter's Halloween, there's a lot of humour, character-based humour in there. I think it's it's good to get a tension deflator, isn't it? Because obviously you spend so much time kind of like, well, if you're doing it right, you know, for a horror film, you, you're you're genuinely tense, and like, so people will like what love the chance to have a giggle or a, or, a, or a laugh, and you do you do generally see a few kind of uh, like laugh out loud moments in in horror films. So I also went and saw Fantasy Island last night with the, the new Jason Blum one. Any good? Uh, it was for about half of it, <laughs> so I won't go, go on to it. So I'll be here for another hour just talking about that and what was good, and then all the really bad bits of it. <laughs> a lot of kind of either deadpan or kind of proper like comedic moments or comedic characters in a horror film because yeah. it just it does it does kind of uh, yeah kind of deflates tension. And one of the things I'm interested in as we've been talking today is you know the, the close relationship you two have got creatively. Does that mean that when you're making the film, you know, you're solely production, you're solely direction, or will you be constantly exchanging ideas as you go through the process? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, th- I think ultimately creative is, is going to be, I mean, that basically uh, for, for, for this one, obviously I'm, I'm more than happy to be a, a sounding board where, where possible. And obviously we have we'll had met, many through, a, a, com- a conversation already, but um, for me, it's kind of, with producer hat on, kind of give them all the tools that it needs to have. So every everything kind of we can we can possibly do creatively is is you know accessible to him to make it the best it can be really. Which is, well, I say that's obviously the job producer wise is is to make sure you know you can make it the best production it can possibly be. There'll yeah. always be conversations. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if, well, I, if I'm not out of the back making the, the tea and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it all crosses over, all crosses around. I mean, especially, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, we're doing our, our, our sort of, our, you know, first tentative steps and we're not going to go out and get a lot of money for this. I think it's, I can cut it like that, you know. And, and so it's all going to be a lot of chipping in. There's going to have to be that, that can-do attitude and that's obviously organisationally. We'll be discussing things, but when it comes to creative, there will be decisions that will need to be made to a certain extent based on, on the time that we have, the money we have, the, what we have available to us. And those will be discussions we have. Creative so, yeah, solutions, I guess. Creative, creative <laughs> yeah. solutions to, yeah. to being creative, I suppose. So that's, yeah, a fact of life. That's the way it is. But I think you have to prove that you can do something like this with nothing. You have to prove that you can magic it out. I mean, you look at, the filmmakers who've come up who are out there now doing these these huge budget films and they they went out there and and they they created something out of nothing and that's what you have to do to give yourself a chance now you know with the digital revolution there's a lot of people out there doing it there's a lot more feature films out there than there ever were but still to go out and create something of real quality 
with hardly any money is an incredibly rare thing to do. And if you yeah. can go out and achieve that and hit all the fronts of it, you've got a chance, you know, you've got a chance of, of getting noticed and going on and doing it. But no one is going to go, oh, you've done a few nice short films, unless you kind of win the short film Oscar or, or something like that, or, or, the, or, the, or the Palm d'Or, then you know, no one's going to bowl up to you and go, oh, feature film, here's, here's a six-figure sum of money, go, you know. I just don't think it really works like that. It does happen sometimes. You hear about those stories, but it, they're, they're, well, for every time it does, there's about a million other <laughs> people that are doing it, uh, you know, the realistic way. <laughs> And, and you also see they got a connection to somebody famous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, you have a, have a have a you know a lot of it. Obviously, is in in, in this industry is you know who, who you know and how the kind of re- the relationship you can pull on. Even if it is someone you know back of house that you can kind of put it in, put the film in the, in front of the right person, or it's someone in front of the camera that you know can give your film some you know bona fide kind of uh, credentials, um, and people will take note of it that way. So uh, it it does work in all ways, and you know. So if, you, if you're lucky enough to have those, and that's great, but you know, unfortunately for us, we don't. <laughs> Not yet. We're, no. we're, we're pursuing avenues. I mean, we, we there was you know one of the roles was particularly written. We thought we we can get someone in, so we uh, you know to play. So we are we are approaching people, just hoping to send the script. This is it. We'll need you for a few days. Come in and do it. We'll wait and see. Free chocolate biscuits. Oh God, yes, <laughs> so yeah, many chocolate, chocolate biscuits. biscuits. Yeah. Organic, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you've got your script. Yes, you've got your locations, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Where are we at this stage of the development of the film? Then, so at the moment we've well, we're, we're scheduled to to do um, principal photography shoot the shoot the film in in August this year. So, uh, all, all going to happen twenty twenty. I, mean, I think ultimately we've been work, we've been working on it probably six six odd months now kind of getting things in place you know obviously getting up to speed with with how we want to do it and starting to get people like crew involved now and also um all that time has been been utilized to kind of start looking at inve- investors and find investment in the projects because obviously you know, we we need we need some uh, outside help and some money from from other sources to to kind of you know get it to where we want to make sure we can you know spend the money and get them the, it to look kind of the, the quality we want to have it on screen we're not quite in pre-production stages yet but we're kind of getting very close to that now so we you know, getting crew together um talking to to cast and we got a preferred cast we've got like a, a run through of them in the next couple of weeks as well haven't we yeah that's right yeah we've again we we can't we're not in the stage to announce anything but we we've 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 spoken to actors we, we really like and um yeah they both like the script they like the idea the schedule's got potential so yeah we've had meetings and we just want to get them together and and see how it goes really but we got potential that again it's uh it's very difficult it's there's so many different pieces it's like a it's like a planet forming in space. It's just a swirl of dust until it's not. It's hard to see so many different elements, but yeah, I think you just you keep focus on what you're trying to do. You're going to get some people, you're going to get some equipment, you're going to get them at a certain place, and you're going to get those shots. And if you just keep your focus on that. No, excellent. You spoke about finances. Are there any crowdfunding pages? I um, haven't gone down the crowdfunding route. I mean, I... Um, as as a as a rule now again it was something that I've kind of not sworn off of I've done it uh, obviously a few times before doing short films and, and, and bits and pieces it is literally a full time job to do that campaign I mean it's it is I mean that in itself is difficult to do you, you can have some great success and you do see the ones that have been purely funded by crowdfunding my opinion now on it is it's such a saturated market everyone's offering the same things you know for as as rewards and incentives for you to invest in it. 
to get kind of stick your head above it, all of that is a very is a big challenge and ultimately you know it's we've uh, set up for like a proper financial pitch it's it's good good practice to do any even if it is to you know people you already know and uh, they're asking all the that's what we did them um, actually in in our uh, well kind of, of the last few months it's been we started off with people that you know we know and that could give us some like honest feedback about you know the financial pitch we got used to then the questions that would be asked of us at different points and what the, the things that people wanted to know and then you know, obviously you get you gain confidence about what you're talking about you know after that as well and you know the less you get caught out <laughs> and that vibe and have to um and ah about a question then uh, it's obviously yeah, the better so um use those connections and getting the, the kind of looking at those kind of people rather than yeah going down the crowdfunding route well, the best of luck with all of that. That sounds really hard work. And and it shows your passion for it. Because if you didn't have the passion, you wouldn't want to put yourself through that. Absolutely. It's 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 one of the things of stepping up into feature film funny. The thing about making a short film is you can go and talk to the people you work with and they can they can get you know, you talk to the, the facilities houses and people you've been through before and they'll give you a bit of kit for free or for cheap, you know, sort of eighth of the price or something and a few people come along do a couple of days and if you can scrape together a grand or 1500 pound you can you know a thousand percent of that up on screen all of a sudden you know because for everyone it's a little bit of work all of a sudden it's a feature film it's just the shoot alone is going to be you know three weeks plus and then you've got all the prep time all the prep work rehearsals meetings everything like that. and it's just like how there's no way you can do it in the same way so you have to be able to you have to be able to pull a bit of money together and you can do it you know, ridiculously cheap. I mean, you know, we're not we're not talking micro budget here. We're talking nano budget, and it's yeah. like you know, it's it's just going to be enough to get the basics done. You know, we're not we're not going out there and asking for for great big sums of money, but we we do need a little bit just 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 to provide the basics to give people a place to sleep, to give them a bite to eat, and 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 make sure everyone is is in the in the right state to do it. So yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to do because you know you yeah it's it's. I say something from nothing that's what you've got to do but you do need that little bit of finance in there and if you haven't got um, a rich relative who's just gonna he's just gonna give you a check for 20 <laughs> grand or something like that then you've got to go and get it from somewhere yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but you've been lucky on locations though either. yeah well it's the kind of thing I mean again going back to Guardians briefly I mean Mark wrote that script for the house it's him and his partner um, a really big old house out in East London at Limehouse and, and he just went, yeah, that's it. This it house has so much character, and it's like he wrote it all around that. And, and um, so I, he's, I said, look, well, you know, I've got this this lovely place. This old farmer grew up in out in out in Stroud. He's been out there a couple of times before, and we've had you know family weddings and stuff there. And and I said, well, you know, let's let's talk about doing something there because it's, it's it's you know it's such a beautiful place to live, and 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 the the farm and the building itself have got a lot of character around it, and there's just so much we could do around there, and we just literally started banding around ideas, and I told them this story because um, Salisley Church, which uh, the bells ring in the middle of the night, and you can just about hear them very softly, but just about hear them where we are. And as a kid, that used to terrify me. <laughs> Something going on. So I kind of got this idea, this thing that you can kind of hear. And we came up with this idea. We wanted to use the local folklore as well. Um, and the, there was a highwayman who used to operate over over the, the top of the hill where we live uh, and, and rob people on that route. And so we sort of brought that in, the idea of hearing something but not hearing something. And Mark was like, what about the idea if we have like a ghost story, but the music is the ghost and then so we kind of started playing with that and, and we did some reading up on local folklore and then wrote the film very specifically for the location we had. 
which is this, I say, it's this uh, big old old farmhouse. Uh, and, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of money on screen for that. You know, it's a lot of quality on screen and, and yeah, we're very lucky to have it. So we're going to be in there for a couple of weeks in summer and uh, there'll be a few lights erected outside as there have been when we were shooting other things out there. So, yeah. Brilliant. So the more I listen, the more I'm looking forward to seeing this when it's finished. It does sound excellent. And and the thing is, I mean, not only that, I mean, I've looked at Brainhound Productions and, and Limbo as well. You've got slates of stuff you're all planning and, and going ahead with. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's that's the best way. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people obviously get, they, you know, you, you, you see that you, you're doing one project for a long time, you put your heart and soul into it. And then you kind of once you've got you get momentum from doing that, and you, you get to the end of the road with that, and everyone's like, "Great, what's what's next?" And you kind of caught with your, your pants down a little bit because you don't have anything, you yeah. know. While you've got that big ball of momentum, the, the stones rolling down the hill, you don't. The last thing you want to do is start having to yeah. panic and shop around for something then. And I mean, my my mantra's always been to have like the lily pads to kind of like hop to, and you know, the next one after the next one, and kind of get the the budgets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So I think it's good to have that kind of you know that like foresight to be have have that like there ready and you know the, the the kind of next stage to hop to because otherwise yeah so why if if even when you know we get the momentum that it's it's a case of well we know where we're going next and there's a clear kind of path there ready so while harmony's going through its editing phase you're already on to your next project already thinking uh, yeah i mean that's that's the uh the idea isn't it Absolutely. so we've, we've got i mean i don't know how, how many between us we've got but we've there's i think probably about four or five yeah. <laughs> so you know again different budgets and different kind of veins yeah. but it's uh i think it's it's good and good to have and you know just to have, have was long term so long-term plans are kind of yeah probably better to have oh that's that's excellent but i you know i really look forward to seeing it and say hopefully what do you think next year it'll be out I think so, yeah. So we're we're we're, we're yeah we're shooting August. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you hesitated there. Oh, man, I got. I mean, post production takes a long time when you yeah. when you're sitting on a uh, on a, on a nice post budget. Um, it'll depend as everything always does. I know the editor I want to go with, who, who's absolute genius and a, and a good friend. But yeah, say so he's kind of gone up to the next level now, so he's not going to be so easy to get. Post production, it does take a while. Yeah, I so you just have to, have to sit there with a whip behind, behind yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I hope so. I really do. I, I mean, I think if we get it shot, yeah, we we will get it shot in August, and then yeah, we we will just we will just have to see. It's tough, and that's one thing you learn. It's like you know, it's a marathon, so you go do it for the shoot, but you've got to keep for the next 12, 18 months after the shoot, yeah. which is for me, you know, the post production is, and obviously it's all incredible. You know, it's it's the most creative. Okay, when you're writing and everything, that's great, and when you're planning everything, when you get into the post, that's the real nuts and bolts for me. That's what I really love doing as a as a director is sitting there with my editor, my sound, my, my uh, you know, the sound editor, the sound everyone doing the foley work and all that that's 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 when it starts to get really juicy so you've got to keep you've got to keep plenty in the tank for that it's uh yeah i don't know how long it's going to take but <laughs> oh yeah it'd be lovely to have it done for uh, may at least something to go and show in may yeah that'd be good yeah. 
and we'd like to track it every step of the way if that's all right with you and certainly sort of give you know little updates we do movie news columns so we'll cover it in there and the occasional interview as we get into the next phase so we just keep it fresh you know for our listeners so that uh, they know what's going on yeah we appreciate it yeah we'd love to be involved in that i mean it's uh it's it's uh yeah be a fabulous thing to do well i think it's such a great idea you know a ghost story but a ghost story through music sounds tremendous it's a winner of an idea i think you where you've chosen to film it is incredible I, I think it's going to be a winner all the way and we'd love to keep in touch on this one. Oh, thank, you. Really thank you. Yeah, of course, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure, uh, well, even even when we're up on set, you can pop up on in through a tea and a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're <laughs> Tim makes a great cup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're expecting the tea and the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll bring the biscuits. Oh, oh there you go. Then. That's all right. Tired. We'll all, that's all we're coming up for. <laughs> yeah. Every other day. Yeah. Where's my biscuit? <laughs> I can't get Where is that kid with my biscuit, damn it? <laughs> We're not entitled at all, no. <laughs> but it, it's absolutely brilliant to talk to you and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Perfect. So, uh, Phil and Tim, thank you both very much thank indeed. You. Thank, thank you, James. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Cheers. As I said at the beginning, things did not go as planned. Here is a statement from Phil as to where we are now. Shortly before production, we were caught up in the early stages of the second wave of COVID infections in the UK, and after several difficult conversations, we decided it was prudent to postpone the shoot. It was a difficult decision. However, it turned out to be the correct one. We are currently planning to shoot Harmony in Stroud over March and April 2021. That's the end of Phil's statement. We are keeping in touch with Phil, And when filming does start, we hope to be on set for the tea and biscuits and to report to you, our listeners, about Harmony's progress. And it'll be in that order. So for now, stay safe and see you on the next episode.